0: Book 3 chapter 16 of Amadis of Gaul this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org amadis of gaul by vasco de lobera translated by robert saudy book 3 chapter 16 how the green knight and his companions led gracinda and her company to the place of battle where her knight was to fulfil her command on the morrow gracinda with four damsels heard mass in the tent the three knights being armed mounted and gracinda mounted her palfrey she and her palfrey being arrayed in cloth of silk and gold with pearls and jewels that the greatest empress in the world could not have been more richly adorned this day had she long looked for and therefore had prepared the ornaments the costliest that could be procured for having great possessions and neither husband nor children nor people she thought of expanding her wealth no other way than this her damsels were also in rich array and she herself appeared so well that all who beheld her thought her beauty marvellous great confidence did her champion feel in beholding her appearance that day she wore nothing upon her head except the crown which she had won as the fairest among all the dames in Romania. the greek knight led her bridle the armour which he wore gracinda had provided for him the breastplate was white as snow the surcoat was of her colours and laced with threads of gold and his helmet and shield were of the same colour as the surcoat Dom bruneo wore green armour and he bore a damsel on his shield and before her a knight whose arms were waved with gold and murrey, as if he had been supplicating her angriote of estravaus rode a mettlesome horse his arms were oar and argent he led the damsel ambassadress and bruneo took her sister's bridle the three knights had their helmets closed the steward and his sons went with them and in this array they reached the place where combats were performed in the middle of this place was a marble pillar of the height of a man whereon they who came to the man-battle were to place shield or helmet or garland of flowers or glove as their gauge when the greek knight and his company arrived they saw the king at one end of the field and the roman knights at the other and among them salustanguidio in black arms bearing serpents or an argent so huge of stature was he that he seemed like a giant and the horse he rode was of growth marvellously great the queen was at her window and the princess near her and among them was the fair olinda wearing a rich crown but when the Greek knight beheld the queen and her damsels, and saw not Oriana, whom he was wont to see among them, his heart trembled with the want he felt of her, howbeit beholding Salustanguidio, how stern and strong he seemed, he turned to Gracinda, whom he perceived to be dismayed, and said to her, Be not affrighted, lady to behold a man of such disproportionate body, for God will be for you, and I will make you win that which will gladden your heart may it so please him in his mercy she replied then he took the rich crown from her head and riding gently to the marble pillar placed it thereon and returning to his squires who held three lances each with a pendant of different colour he took the strongest and threw his shield round his neck and rode to the king to whom he said in greek having forgotten himself o king god be with you i am a foreign knight who come hither from greece to prove your knights who are so good not at my own will but at the will of her who has power in this instance to command me but my good fortune it should seem so ordering it the trial will be between me and the romans bid them therefore place the crown of the damsels upon the pillar as was covenanted he then brandished his lance and rode to one end of the lists the king did not understand what he said because he had spoken in the greek tongue but he said to argamon it seems uncle that knight will not choose dishonour for himself certes sir replied the count although you would partake some because these romans are in your court i should be right glad to see their pride humbled i know not how that will be said but methinks we shall see a fair encounter now the knights and all they of the king's household seeing how the greek knight rode and appeared in arms marvelled at him and said they had never seen so promising a knight except it were amadis but sallustanquidio who heard these praises and saw how all eyes were fixed upon the greek knight exclaimed angrily what is this ye men of great britain why do ye marvel to behold a greek knight who can do nothing but manage his horse in the field this is a sign that you can never have performed any worthy feats of arms when this surprises you you shall see him who is so fair on horseback heartless and dishonoured upon the ground the roman then went where the queen was and said to olinda lady give me your crown for you are she whom i prize above all others do not fear to give it me for i will return it presently with the other and you shall enter into rome with it for the king and queen will consent that i shall take you hence with oriana and make you the lady of me and my land olinda hearing this despised his presumption but her heart and limbs trembled and a lively colour flushed over her cheeks and she did not give him the crown Salustanquidio repeated do not fear the honour shall be yours and that foolish woman shall go hence without her crown which she hath trusted to yonder cowardly greek yet would not olinda give it till the queen herself took it from her head and gave it him and he placed it by the other on the marble pillar and hastily demanded his arms three roman knights brought them to him he hung on his shield and helmed himself and took a strong lance with a long and sharp iron head then seated himself on his horse he now seeing that all were looking with admiration at his great size grew more confident and said to the king i will let your knights see what difference there is between them and the romans i shall conquer that greek and has he said that if he conquered me he would combat other two i will combat the two best whom he can bring and if their courage fail let a third come on don grumedan who was swelling with anger to see the arrogance of the roman and the patience of the king exclaimed have you forgot the battle which you are to wage with me if you escape from this that you demand another this is an easy business replied with that the greek knight cried aloud misshapen beast what are you talking about and letting the day run on remember what you have to do the roman at this turned and ran at him they ran at each other full speed their lances laid in rest and being covered with their shields the horses were both fleet the knights both strong and mutually enraged they met in the middle of the lists and neither failed in his blow the Greek knight struck him on the edge of his shield and pierced it and struck the strong plates of iron beneath with so rude a blow that though it did not pierce them it bore him from his saddle the greek knight passed on, carrying the lance of Salustanquidio hanging in his shield and in the sleeve of his mail, so that all thought he was wounded, but it was not so. He drew out the lance and raised it with an overhand grasp, and turned to Salustanquidio, and saw that he did not move, but lay as if he were dead this was no wonder for he was a large man and bulky and had fallen from a high horse and his armor was heavy and the ground was hard and moreover the left arm upon which he had fallen was broken near the wrist and the greater part of his ribs put out the greek knight who thought him stronger than indeed he was stopped his horse and held the lance-point at his face for his helmet had fallen off with a shock and said to him "Knight." you will not be so discourteous as not to award the crown to that fair dame because she merits it but the roman made no reply the greek knight left him and went up to the king sir quoth he though yonder knight is free from pride now he will not award the crowns to the dame who is waiting for them nor defend them nor yet answer me do you therefore decree that they are hers as by right they are otherwise i will strike off his head and so decide it this he said in greek and then rode back to Salustanquidio. the king asked argamon what he had said who having interpreted it added it will be your fault if you suffer the knight to be slain before you for you may lawfully award the crowns to the conqueror sir quoth let the greek knight do what he will for these romans have more tricks than a fox and if this one lives he will say that he was able to maintain the battle if you had not hastily given judgment against him all laughed at this except the romans whose hearts were bursting but the king seeing that the greek knight had alighted and was going to cut off sallustanguidio's head said to count argamon "Haste, uncle and bid him spare him for i judge the crowns to be his count argamon cried aloud to him to hold his hand and hear the king's request he drew back and resting his sword upon his shoulder waited to hear the count's bidding which having heard he replied i am content and know sir that if i had fought with any of the king's vassals i would not have slain him if by any other means the combat could have been decided but for the romans i would kill them or dishonor them as wretches that they are following the bad example of their arrogant emperor to be boasters first and cowards when put to the proof he then mounted again and took the two crowns from the pillar and placed the crown of the damsels upon gracinda's head giving the other to one of her damsels to keep and he said lady your wish is accomplished and i by the grace of god am discharged of my promise go now if it please you and rest in your tent i will remain to see if any of the romans will take the field to revenge this shame that they have received sir she replied i will not leave you yet for i can receive no greater pleasure than in beholding your rare chivalry he then examined his horse and found him fresh for he had had little labour that day. So he threw the shield round his neck and took another lance with a fair pendant and said to the damsel ambassadress, Go, my friend, to the king and tell him that as I promised, if I was able after this first battle to combat with two knights at once, I must now make good that vaunt, but say that I beseech him not to send any of his knights against me, for they are of such renown that they would gain no honour in conquering me leave that to the romans and let them see if i fear them because i am a greek the damsel delivered her bidding in french and Lisuarte answered it would not please me that any of my household should go against him he has done enough to-day for his honor and if it might please him to remain with me i would recompense him well i forbid all my subjects to challenge him for i have other things to attend to the romans may do as they like this he said for he had much to arrange about his daughter's departure and likewise because at that time none of his good knights were present they having all departed that they might not see the cruelty and injustice which he was about to commit against oriana only guilan the pensive remained being sick and sendil of ganota who had been shot through the leg with an arrow by the roman bronjandel of the rock when hunting with the king the damsel answered many thanks sir for your gracious offer but the greek knight's choice is to go about the world redressing wrongs if he would have remained with the emperor of constantinople he might have been rewarded with whatever he would have asked i pray you quoth the king tell me by whom he is commanded certes sir i know not but if any one it must be by one whom he greatly loves i must bear him back your answer whoever will seek may find him in the lists till noon when the greek knight heard this reply he gave his lance to one of the steward's sons and his shield to the other and bade him place the shield upon the pillar to see if any of the romans would challenge him his helmet he did not take off lest he should be known and thus he stood talking with gracinda and holding her bridle there was among the romans a knight called maganil who was the best next to salustanguidio and his countrymen surely thought that no two knights in great britain could stand against him and he had two brethren both of great worth in arms to him the romans all looked for vengeance but he seeing this said to them i cannot take up this challenge for i promised salustanguidio that if he was not able i and my brothers would do battle for him against don Grumedan, if he and his companions should refuse it then may i undertake this while they were thus speaking two brethren well armed and mounted rode up by name Gradamore and lasanor they were nephews of Dagel of the rock the sons of his sister who was a fierce and haughty woman by the emperor's high steward they without speaking or making obeisance to the king went into the lists and the one taking the greek knight's shield dashed it against the pillar so violently that he broke it to pieces and exclaimed foul before him who would permit the shield of a greek to be placed there against the romans at this the greek knight was so enraged that his heart burned for anger he left gracinda and caught his lance and heedless of a shield though angriote called to him to take his he rode full against the two romans and they at him the one who had broken his shield he smote so rudely that he bore him from his seat and his helmet came off in the fall he himself lost his spear he drew his sword and turned upon Lassanor, who was assailing him fiercely him he smote upon the shoulder and cut him to the bone and made him drop his lance and with another blow upon the head he made him lose his and bow down upon the horse's neck then lightly passing the sword to his left hand he caught lasanor's shield and tore it from his neck and with the force brought him to the ground the roman presently rose being in fear of death and went up to his brother who had now recovered himself the greek knight fearing lest they should kill his horse alighted grasping the shield he had won and went towards them sword in hand but then all were amazed to see his great prowess and how little he cared for these enemies he had so pressed them that Lassanor cried out for mercy and while he was crying the greek knight lifted up his foot and kicking him in the breast felled him then he turned to the other who had broken his shield but he could not endure his might and ran towards the king that he might save him the Greek knight turned him and drove him towards the pillar and then he ran round the pillar avoiding the blows which his enemy aimed at him in exceeding wrath and which fell sometimes on the stones and struck fire there till at last being sorely wearied the Greek knight caught him in his arms and squeezed him till all his strength was gone then let him fall and took his shield and and dashed it upon his helmet so that he broke the helmet and he made him mount upon the pillar and then thrust him down and placed the fragments of the shield upon his breast next he took Lasanor by the leg and dragged him beside his brother and all who were present thought he meant to behead them and don grimadan cried out methinks the greek hath well revenged his shield but Esplandian, seeing this was moved to pity for the knights and calling out to ambor clapped spurs to his palfrey the greek knight seeing them approach and that he was the fairest child that ever he had seen waited to know what he would say and as esplendian said sir i beseech you grant me their lives for they are conquered and the honor is already yours the knight made semblance as though he understood him not count argamon then came up and interpreted and he replied i should have had a pleasure in killing them but i spare them for his sake who is this fair child sir and whose son no one in this land replied the count can tell and with that he related the manner how the child was found i have heard mention of him in romania cried the knight is he not called esplendian and hath he not certain letters on his breast would you see them said count argamon willingly and should thank you and him to show them to me for it is a marvelous thing to hear and more to see esplendian then drew nearer he had on a coat of mail and a french hood wrought with lions of gold and was girt with a golden girdle the hood and coat were fastened together with gold brooches a few of them he opened and showed the letters much was that knight amazed for it was the strangest thing that ever he had seen the white letters made the word Esplandian, but the colored letters could he not read though they were sharp and well made god prosper you fair child said he and taking leave of the count he mounted and rode to gracinda lady quoth he you must have been displeased at witnessing my follies but impute you the fault to the pride of these romans who provoked them nay sir she replied it rejoices me to see your good fortune then went they to their ships both full joyful she for the crown which she had won and he that he had shown himself to the romans they took their tents aboard and went towards the firm island but Angriota and Don Bruneo remained on board one of their galleys by his desire to help Don Grumedan secretly in his combat, the which being passed, they were to hasten to the firm island with tidings of Oriana. End of chapter sixteen Recording by Mariselqui.